You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. This is your co-host, Danny. And we have a fun-filled show for you today. We're going to actually go back over our playoff predictions pre-bubble and go through what we think now while we're in the bubble. And then we have an interesting trading card scenario where we'll talk about Ray Allen and also Devin Booker. Uh, So that'll be an interesting discussion. But first to the thoughts on the uh, playoffs in the bubble. So go ahead, Danny, I'll let you go ahead and start. As we were leading up to the playoffs, we were curious on how the offenses would respond and would the defenses react appropriately. And as we've seen thus far, a couple games in, scoring is still up. That I thought it was locked down and maybe it's just the first round, right? And they're still mm-hmm. getting their legs and getting acclimated and things. So I'm thinking the second round is where we're going to see that defensive lockdown come into mm-hmm. play, uh, mm-hmm. depending on the matchup, of course. So if they're high-scoring teams, you're not going to see much defense because they're just going to be running and gunning. But right. if these are going to some of these matchups that we'll be talking about today, um, I can see some of this being locked down, and then you'll see that defense. How about you, Jason? Look here, man. I, I think we're looking at one of the most intriguing playoffs in NBA history. We've never seen anything like this before, and there are no advantages either way. There's no home court advantage. Nope. Yes. There's no travel. No There's fans. No ne- or except fans. For the, except for the virtual fans. Except for the virtual fans, right. There's no need for a three-day gap. Yep which I've liked Um, so far. And and so this has been very intriguing. Most days, game starts at 1 or 1.30, and it goes Mm -hmm. up until 11, 11.30 at night. I agree with you. The offense has been up. Defense has been uh, on an as-needed basis. I agree with you. We're going to see more defense uh, in the second round. Uh, I think some teams more so struggle with their defensive presence than other other teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it has taken some time for a few teams, one being the Bucks, to really kind of come around to really playing that team defense that really uh, propelled them to the number one position uh, overall in the NBA playoffs. Uh, but that number one position doesn't really matter anymore. Again, there are no advantages advantages uh, really when it comes to court advantage and also travel. So this is going to be very interesting to see how playoffs really progress uh, in Dahl. And one thing to add to that, as far as the schedule is concerned with the every other day, how is that going to play into some of these teams going forward, depending on their bench depth and just overall fatigue, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So some of the players like a James Harden or a Giannis or a LeBron, how are they going to be once they get down the road? And is that going to impact them playing every other day versus having those travel days and having, depending on the schedule, maybe up to three, four or five days off? Mm-hmm. Because if they closed out a series earlier, whatever the case may be, they had extended amount of time. So I'm curious, very curious to see that down the line as well, to see how some of these teams um, are impacted by that, especially the older teams. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that on that front. 
Uh, I, I really think, though, when we look at the Lakers, when you look at some of the uh, older teams, when you look at the teams that don't have a, a big bench or a very mm-hmm. deep bench, yeah, I agree with you. That's going to be really, really uh, a stress on the likes of LeBron and, and some of those old, older or more seasoned players. But this is what it is. This is yep. the bubble. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think this is going to be a very interesting playoffs. And I guess with regards to rest, man, they didn't have three, four months to rest. They have. Um, but when you're playing every other day and like some of the players I called out, like a Harden or Giannis, for example, they're taking a beating. So if their bodies can't recuperate and they have a day to recuperate. All the more reason why this is the most interesting playoffs. Yes. Because, and again, I would not put an asterisk on this against the the champion. I, if anything, I will put an asterisk for the champion because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this bubble situation, man, when, when you don't, when you can't have any, uh, even family, your significant other in the environment, you away from your family for three, four months. That's difficult when you're on that grind, every other game grind. Yes. I see your point. Yeah. I mean, every other day can be something else, but that's when you really consider this to be a team title. Yes. Organization title, right? Mm-hmm. Because at this very stage, you have to really consider your bench. And that's why, and we'll get to this. I mean, I'm looking really at those teams with a deep bench to really move forward and help rest the uh, players. Pretty sure we'll get to it. But uh, yeah, this is very interesting. In terms of the Eastern Conference, who do you feel are going to really move along in the, in the playoff situation here? Looking at each of these series really quick, seeing the Bucks move on past Orlando, mm-hmm. they had that initial trip up. Which was needed. It, it, I, think it, I think it woke them up. Yep, agree. So I see them moving past Orlando, and Orlando just doesn't have, like we were talking about, depth. Mm-hmm. They've lost a couple of players, and they Vucevic can't do it by himself. So next is Miami, Indiana, where Miami's sitting right now. They should wrap that series up, which then brings in the question, them playing the Bucks. So let me just run through this first round real quick. Okay. Boston, Philly, Boston wrapped that series today. So they're on to the second round. And then you have Toronto and Brooklyn later tonight, which – I see Toronto wrapping that series as well. Second round, you look at Bucks Miami from my perspective, and then we're talking about benches here too. And Miami has a deep bench, so I still see the Bucks beating Miami. I can see Miami giving them fits. We talked about this already. Just the way they play defense, they can shoot to three, which gives the Bucks problems, and they hit the boards and everything. They get, they have. All their strengths are some of the weaknesses of the Bucks that they mm-hmm. can expose. I see this going at least six, if not seven. And it's very hard to see some, how these are going to be, too, from a length perspective. From the past, when they're at home away, where you mm-hmm. can see it and say, all right, they get home, they're going to wrap this up. In this case, it's, it's hard to tell. But I'm going to go Milwaukee, Boston, Toronto. This is why I'm looking forward to the second round, man. Because <laughs> there, no, there are no cupcake series here. I'm looking at it, and I'm going to go Toronto. But the thing that I think puts them over the top is Gordon Hayward being out. And that's a player that Boston needed, I think, to get past Toronto. Go okay. ahead, Jay. I'll let you hit the first and second rounds, and we'll come back to the 
uh, Eastern Conference Final. So, yes, Bucks will be Orlando. Orlando doesn't have enough firepower. Bucks, I believe, were awakened by that first game loss. I think they really needed that to really start the jail. I'm concerned with Middleton not scoring on a consistent basis. Uh, that is going to be huge. Uh, but just as Middleton hasn't scored, I believe that, that Bledsoe has stepped up. I believe that others have stepped up with regards to DiVincenzo and Connington. Yes. I believe Connington has actually secured a contract. He has made some money this playoffs. I believe, though, he is a very value add, especially when it comes to on a defensive end of the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I believe Connington has really got or secured a, a new contract. With who? That's still to be decided upon. Uh, so I believe the Bucks will definitely go ahead and advance to the second round uh, in where they will play the Miami Heat. I told y'all about the Indiana Pacers that they were nothing but fool's gold. <laughs> told y'all they were fool's gold, man. Take your I time. Take your time, Jason. You deserve it. Take your time. Come on, man. <laughs> I, I know what I see. But here's the thing that I think we really have to be cautious of. Uh, And this is a serious moment here. Just as the Pacers have had success, they too are a Midwestern team. Mm -hmm. And they too are in a small market. This could very well happen to the Milwaukee Bucks. And so what I see within the Indiana Pacers, they do have some pieces there. I mean, they do have Brogdon. Brogdon has played very well in the playoffs. They still have, you know, TJ Warren. They have uh, Victor uh, Olodipo. So Sabonis, who's who's missing? Sabonis, who's missing. Had they had Sabonis, I think this would have been a little bit more of a competitive series. Totally agree. At the same token, this could very well be a piecemeal of a team, much like how the Bucks could be if we if we lose Giannis. So what we see in the Pacers right now, we may need to get used to it because that's how the Bucks could very well look. Yeah. So, yes, a playoff team, but one that could get bounced out in the first round. And that's why I'm saying we need to put everything, we need to put all our chips to the middle of the table. We need If we need to get into the luxury tax, I think we need to go ahead and do that because otherwise we're going to be just like the Indiana Pacers. Fool's gold. Uh, we have Toronto. Toronto's going to win that one, man. I'm not, you know, Toronto just playing around uh, against the Nets, man. Toronto's going to go ahead and advance. And then who else we have? Okay, Boston already uh, advanced. Yep. Uh, look here, man. Toronto against Boston, uh, that's the easy one, man. Toronto's got that. Uh, Toronto will win that in five games. I, I don't see it. That I think it's going to be closer to what you're thinking, Jason. I man, see Toronto prevailing. Man. But with Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, those dudes ain't going to go out that quick. But I guess we'll see. Toronto Toronto in five. All right. Toronto's not going to play around, man. Toronto has switchable players. Now, if they had, if Boston had Gordon Hayward, Hayward, then to me it would have been a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. What I believe we will see will be five competitive games. But nonetheless, uh, I think with the championship experience, I do believe the Toronto Raptors will win in five, maybe six, maybe six. At least six. Uh, I got Toronto uh, easily getting by there. Like I said, um, with, with, on that real quick, though, mm-hmm. they've had a couple tough games with Brooklyn where they've come back, and Boston's not going to play around where they'll close them out. And Kemba's playing more than two now. So they got the pieces to match with them. Man, I still think Kemba. Toronto beat them. It's just going to be more than five games, but I'll let you continue on. And look, look here, man. <laughs> Toronto, 
Toronto got that thing on lock, man. Toronto is bored with Brooklyn right now, quite honestly. I, I think Toronto, Toronto is just honestly, I don't know if you remember the track days here, but you know, when, you, when, you, when you're in a preliminary race, you're yeah. not going to go all out. You're going to go mm, maybe 70%, 80%, just enough for you to kind of coast to the next round. Yep. Uh, if you will, you always saw Usain Bolt. Yes. You know, just uh, clowning around, especially in the preliminaries where <laughs> yeah. he just, you know, going through the motions, man. He's just, you know, doing a couple of things, working on a couple of the pieces of the race or what have you, uh, sections of the race. And then when he, you know, when it comes down to, you know, the last 30, 30 meters of a race, he's going to shut it down. I think that's what we're see- honestly seeing within the Toronto Raptors, and even for that first game of the Milwaukee Bucks against the Orlando Magic. Mm-hmm. It was just one of those where, okay, we're just going to go ahead and just, you know, play at mm, 70%, 60%, or whatever. And then, you know, Bucks just got caught slipping. Yep. And I think Toronto is just, you know, okay, we're going to conserve our energy until the next round. So, yeah, I, I think Toronto will, will handle – uh, Boston in five, maybe six, but I'm leaning towards five. Okay. And then with the Milwaukee Bucks against the Miami Heat, listen, that's going to be an interesting matchup. I believe we're going to see the value of a bench. Um, that is the Milwaukee Bucks. I think we're going to see the value of DiVincenzo and Connington and George Hill. I really think we're going to see that value. That series, Milwaukee-Miami series, six or seven games, I could see that going six or seven. Yes. Uh, if the Bucks do not defend the three-point line, <laughs> they're in trouble. They're, they're in trouble big time, and I can see that happening in at least a couple of games. Uh, so I, I see Bucks Raptors the same as you in that Eastern Conference Finals. So let's go ahead and go to the Western Conference real quickly. Yep. This Dallas Mavericks versus the Clippers. Right now, as we are actually recording, Clippers are up by 10. Six minutes left in the uh, fourth quarter of game number four. Uh, Clippers are currently up two games to one. And the Dallas Mavericks are playing without Porzingis, who is out due to knee soreness. But I see Clippers prevailing in this series. Um, I see this going six games. Uh, mm-hmm. So I see the Clippers prevailing in that one. The Lakers Blazers, Lakers won last night. I see the Lakers uh, moving on in that series. What I saw, that was a very interesting game last night. And kudos to Carmelo Anthony, man. Man, he was giving it to him. <laughs> he was giving it to him, man. For those who say that, yeah, the, you know, they could be all buddy-buddy. And when, when they're buddy-buddy off of the uh, court, they may be too nice. Uh, against each other on the court. No, nah, Carmelo wasn't having any of that, man. But I see Los Angeles Lakers prevailing in that in that series. This Denver-Utah series is just so back and forth, man. I, mm-hmm. I got to go with, um, man, that's, a, that's, so, that's a, such a tough one because I could easily see Denver coming back at Utah this, this game to, tonight and yep. really giving it to uh, Utah. I'm going to come back to that one. I'm going to come back to that one. Um, and then I'm missing one other series Houston here. and Oklahoma City. I'm going Houston on that one. Uh, Westbrook's going to eventually come back. So I'm going Houston on that one. 
so that means that it'll be oh let me go back i'm sorry let me go back to denver utah i don't know about that one this that is such a toss-up to me utah doesn't have bogdanovich perplexed in terms of how they're doing this yes i'm gonna have to go with i may have to go with denver okay totally agree <laughs> i just don't know man i mean any given day is like you get one team that is completely different from yes. i don't know the, the night before so i i don't know that one i'm just totally confused mm-hmm. on and so that means that we have what lakers versus rockets and denver versus clippers uh, Clippers going to win that one. So Clippers will advance into the uh, conference finals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then hmm, that, that's going to be an interesting one, but I'm going, I'm going with, I'm going with the Lakers because yeah. they're just too, they're too tall. They have too many tall players to throw at Houston. I mean, you have LeBron, you have Anthony Davis, you have uh, JaVale McGee, you have uh, Dwight Howard. Mm-hmm. You just have like a tall team a very lengthy team. And so I'm going Lakers in that, but I'm going Lakers probably in six, six games. Um, I can see that possibly leading to seven because I think Hart may go off of a few games in there for like 50. I can see that. So that's going to be interesting, but it's going to be Lakers Clippers. So I'll let you go ahead and and do a Western conference. I'm not going to deviate too much from what you just said. I will say this a couple for a couple comments for these series. So the Portland Lakers series is LA kicking themselves for not picking up Melo when they had the opportunity for the, on the cheap man, looking at their bench depth and they having him them. in there, just, uh, just a knockdown shooter. They could use them. Rockets. Okay. See, I see the Rockets winning. You talk about bench depth last night in that overtime where the Rockets and OKC went to OT mm-hmm. rock. As soon as Harden fouled out, they had, it was, <laughs> Everyone was like looking around like, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> so that's where I think Westbrook, they mm-hmm. need him back mm-hmm. ASAP because they have another game like that. OKC can trip them up and take that mm-hmm. series because now they have confidence. Mm-hmm. I still see Houston winning, but if Westbrook doesn't return by game five, I, I would switch my pick. Yeah. Denver, Utah. I'm with you, man. This one, you looking at Utah, but now they have Conley back. Clarkson has been hooping. Mm-hmm. He's been he's been doing that a lot though since that trade. He has those moments he goes in spurts, man, where he can score. He'll put up like 10, 12 quick ones. I thought for sure Denver had it after Donovan Mitchell put up the 57, where they just didn't have the the offense to stay with Denver. Mm-hmm. Now Denver's getting stagnant. So I'm going to take Utah mm-hmm. to upset Denver. Clippers, Dallas, this is going to be a competitive series, but I see the Clippers wrapping this one up and going on to the second round to play Utah. So going to second round, Clippers, I'm going to take them over Utah. The whole playoff P thing, Paul George, man, they need Paul George to step up. They need him bad because if he is playing this way in the second round, they can get tripped up. They need him to be playing at an all-star level. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to go Clippers. I'm going to throw that caveat out there that playoff P – they need him to show up bad. And then Houston, L.A., contrasting styles. Like you said, the height from L.A., Houston's small, and they've given the Lakers problems when they've played them since they made the trade with Capella. So I'm going to go Lakers. I'm going to go Lakers, Clippers. So, so we have went, Clippers, Clippers, Lake Show. We went chalk, yes, and Bucks, and Raptors. Bucks, Raptors, Okay. Thank you.
stay with the Western Conference for okay. now. Clippers versus Lakers. I'm going to go Clippers based on their bench depth. That's the only reason I think they can beat L.A. How about you, Jason? Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I'm going on Clippers. The Clippers are going to throw a lot of bodies at Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. LeBron, I think he can handle it just due to experience. Yep. Um, he's LeBron's going to be a mismatch uh, nightmare. But here, here's the thing, though. You still have Kawhi who could check LeBron. So I don't see where enough scoring is going to come from the Lakers. Even if you say, okay, you know what the game plan is going to be, and Golden State had, has done this in the finals. Mm-hmm. LeBron can go ahead and get his. Let LeBron go ahead and get his 40, 45 a night. The big question is who else is going to really step up and, and score? Mm-hmm. So you can lock down the four other players that's on the court. AD, I think, you know, you got Montrez Harrell. You have, I mean, you just have so many different bodies you can really throw at Anthony Dave. That's going to be real interesting. I'm just seeing really the Clippers that's having so many different lineup mismatches uh, in their favor. They can go tall. They can go big. They can go small if they wanted to. I mean, at any any move that the Lakers <laughs> would make, the Clippers can go ahead and, and deal with it. So this is going to be a coaching's dream, a, coach, a coach's dream to really watch how the chess match is really going to really happen here. Mm-hmm. So I'm going Clippers and beating the Lakers purely because they just have so many different pieces to uh, really beat you at. So we agree there, Clippers. Yes. Now for the Bucks versus Raptors. Uh, this is going to be a series that will go seven games. I really believe that coaching is going to be extremely crucial here mm-hmm. uh, to the point where Coach Bud, he's not going to do what I really want him to do here. He's not going to play DJ Wilson. He's not going to put him in there against Siakam. He's going to put Marvin Williams in there. I'm just going to just come to terms with that, which I think is going to be a huge mistake because I think Siakam is just going to – Average about 25 on us. I honestly believe that Van Vliet is going to kill us on the three. Norman. Norman Powell. Oh, he's going to just go ahead and destroy us, man. He just has a history. We talked about this in the past, man. He has a history of just getting at the Bucks. I don't know what it is yeah. with him, but they just have an issue with him. This is going to be a serious gut check for the Milwaukee Bucks. And here, here's the thing about it. And this is where I really want to see coaching come into play here. So last year, the Toronto Raptors obviously had uh, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard checked Giannis a few times. Mm-hmm. Don't have that this year. With the quote-unquote building a wall against Giannis, Giannis, was go- Giannis is going to be used to that by now. Here's the difference. Toronto is very long. And they can switch on defense. This is Middleton's opportunity to really step up. And, and we're going to need him to step up because we need some outside shooting here. Big time. Yep. Giannis should be used to the wall. Last year, Toronto even put a uh, zone defense on us. Mm-hmm. We should be now used to a zone defense against Toronto. Yep. They put a boxing one on us last year. 
we should now be used to a box and one. If for some reason we are not ready for any one of those defensive strategies, that is a complete failure of Coach Bud. I don't know. For me, if I'm coaching a team, man, we are practicing how to deal with all of those defenses that they're going to throw at us because they did it to us in the past. This is a tough one. I think it's going to go seven games. I'm going with the Bucks on this one. So I'm saying Bucks, and I say Bucks in seven. To add to what you said, I think one other key to this series is free throw shooting. Honestly, I think it comes down to Giannis's free throw shooting. If Giannis is not making his free throws, the Raptors win this series because they're going to be following him late. And they did a lot of this last year because he's going to be so tired. He's worn down if they're wearing him down and throwing all these defensive looks at him and like they did last year. And there are critical times where free throws are missed, not only by him, but with him having the ball in his hands so much and being ball dominant, that's the only thing I think that trips the Bucks up in this series. But to that point, I think the Bucks will do. They're going to take the ball out of Giannis's hands. They're going to have to have somebody else. They're going to have to have a guard to bring up the ball. Bledsoe. I think that's where you're going to see so many. Yeah, you're going to see so well Bledsoe. Uh, I think you're going to see Hill. so many different type of, mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to see George Hill in there more yep. um, to handle the rock and then have Giannis come, you know, come off of some screens or whatever. So uh, I think you're going to really kind of see that type of, of a different lineup for the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm-hmm. So that being said, I agree. I think it's going to go all the way. And I'm going to go with the – these series are <laughs> tough. I think the Bucks will prevail. How, me ask this. How, and, and, and oh, how many games? I think I'm it's going seven. You before you said the Bucks. I think it's going seven. Okay. And I think this is where Toronto not having Kawhi um, bail them out in certain situations, even though they're a great team. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking anything away from them. I think this is where the Bucks can take advantage of that this year because Kawhi did so much in that series last year that bailed them out of certain situations and scenarios just based on mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. his experience and being in that situation mm-hmm. before and giving those guys confidence that I think that's where in seven games, the Bucks will prevail. But then another, another matchup that scares me because Toronto can hit the three, man. And they hit the glass too. So it's not like they just shoot threes yeah. and just yeah. run back. They hit the glass because they have a whole bunch of big dudes. They hit the glass, the man. Saul and they're, they are Siaka, Boucher. They have a lot of length down low where they're not Houston where they're just shooting threes and getting back. They're going to the glass. So we're going Bucks Clippers. Clippers, man. Look here, man. I'm going Bucks. It's going seven games. I think honestly, the Bucks are going to have a. I think the Bucks are going to have an actual easier time against the Clippers than they did against the Toronto Raptors. I don't know how many games though, man. <laughs> I'm, it's going to be six or seven. I'm I'm leaning towards. No, let me take that back. Let me take that back. I'm leaning towards six games. Bucks. The Bucks really has handled the Clippers throughout the regular season. I think we'll have an uh, easier time against the Clippers than we did against the um, the Raptors. I think so, too, just based on the fact of the Clippers don't shoot the three as well as Toronto either. Mm-hmm. And I think that was set the stage for us to bring the trophy back to Milwaukee. 
I, the only thing I worry about with Milwaukee is if they're with these two series they have with Miami and Toronto, if it plays mm-hmm. out that way, mm-hmm. how much does Giannis have left in the tank? That same with Kawhi, I think in this case too, right? Because I think I think more so with Kawhi than yeah. Giannis. Clippers have been. I know with Beverly being hurt, he's coming. He'll be mm-hmm. back. I'm gonna go Milwaukee. I don't feel great about that. They just the way they handled them during the regular season is what but that was obviously different time too right where the clippers are now by that time they get to the championship they've have played they would have played with each other for a number of games where they didn't have the opportunity during the regular season where either someone was low managing or mm-hmm. someone was injured or whatever the case may be so they may be hitting on all cylinders too when they come into the championship that's my only fear with them that being said i'll go milwaukee there you have it So the trading card scenario for today is Ray Allen against Devin Booker. So today's trading scenario with Ray Allen's 1996 Topps Chrome rookie card for Devin Booker's 2015 Panini Prism rookie card. Quick bios on each of the players. Ray Allen was the fifth pick of the Minnesota Timberwolves and was eventually traded to the Milwaukee Bucks for Stephon Marbury in the 96 draft. Devin Booker was picked 13 out of Kentucky to the Phoenix Suns. Ray Allen played 18 seasons, had two rings, was a 10-time All-Star, career averages were 19 points four boards and three assists Devin Booker five seasons so far no playoffs one all-star game averaging so 23 points four boards four assists one other key item between these two Ray Allen was a 40 percent three-point shooter in his career Devin Booker is a 35 percent three-point shooter in his career so Jason you heard the stats you had this trading car scenario we're on the back porch look here man this was actually an easy one for me. I'm taking Ray Allen, man. Uh, this is the same Ray Allen that played against Allen Iverson in the Big East Conference. This is the same Ray Allen that uh, was basically that he played three years, three seasons with the Yukon uh, Huskies. This is the same Ray Allen that brought the Big East Championship to the Yukon Huskies. Mm-hmm. This is the same Ray Allen that actually, uh, like you said, was drafted in the 96 draft and where – uh, that 96 draft was very much so prolific. Uh, when you look at who was drafted, number one was Allen Iverson. You mentioned Stephon Marbury and then ultimately Ray Allen. But you also had Kerry Kittles, who was the uh, Big East Conference Player of the Year. You you had so many players. You had uh, the late, great Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bean Bryant in that draft. You had Steve Nash in that draft. You had Peja Stoyakovic in that draft and I can go on and on. That was a prolific draft. We're talking about that Ray Allen, but not only that, we're talking about Ray Allen who uh, actually played for the Seattle Supersonics. Shout out to the Seattle Supersonics and, and uh, really the Seattle Washington fans there. I, I really think that the NBA ha- hasn't done Seattle justice. Uh, that to me was a great, great atmosphere for play- for uh, NBA basketball, man. He played for Seattle for uh, about five years. Uh, he did very well there in Seattle. Uh, he did very well for our Milwaukee Bucks to where we actually went to the 
uh, conference finals against the uh, Allen Iverson 76ers. Ray Allen has done a, a phenomenal job. Uh, he had a great career and I, and he saved a career. I mean, who can never forget the the shot that saved the big three in Miami? I don't think that's been talked about enough. Yep. He saved a legacy. When you think about the shot and the shot I'm speaking of is with uh, he, Ray Allen actually made a three-point shot in the NBA Finals with 5.2 seconds left on the clock. My, the Miami Heat was down. They were down three points. I think it was LeBron who shot it. He missed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Bosh rebounded the ball while Ray Allen was backing up in the corner. Chris Bosh went ahead and threw him the ball. Yep. And next thing you know, they go into overtime. Mm-hmm. to beat the San Antonio Spurs to make it a 3-3 series. They go on to game seven, uh, and this was in the 2013 NBA Finals. They go on to game seven, and Miami Heat uh, goes ahead and win. Yep. If Ray Allen did not make that three-point shot, that would have messed up uh, the legacy of LeBron James. A lot of people have LeBron James as probably one of the top five or whatever. Just imagine him having one less NBA championship ring if it wasn't for Ray Allen. So I don't think that's being talked about enough. The other thing that Ray Allen did, not only did he save a legacy, but he saved the actual thought of prolific players coming together to form a super team. There are rumors, I would say, that if the Miami Heat would have lost that series, Pat Riley was probably looking to go ahead and break that thing on up. So Chris Bosh, LeBron James, and Dwayne Wade would have been broken up. And so we possibly would not have had a lot of what we see, what we have seen after those three, the big three got together. Mm -hmm. We would not have seen a move of KD going to the Golden State Warriors or Paul George requesting a trade to go. So we probably would not have seen a lot of that. Um, so Ray Allen actually not only saved the legacy, but he saved how NBA teams were actually formed. Uh, and so that goes down in NBA history. And so to me, with that alone, I, I'm taking Ray Allen because in a pressure moment, he went ahead and just, you know, hit a three. I'm going on Ray Allen all day, every day on that. But here's, here's the other th- reason why I'm going to go ahead and take Ray Allen, man. What's that, Jay? He got game. He got game. Oh, no, man. you did not go. I was, I was going to bring up all of my argument. I, I'm, I'm bringing up Jesus Shuttleworth. Oh, <laughs> Jesus That's why I'm picking Ray Allen, man. Not only did Ray Allen play Jesus Shuttlesworth, <laughs> but you got to. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about it. Kudos to Spike Lee because yes. that movie was actually made based on a, on a story by Stefan Marbury, mm-hmm. the Long Island kid. Yep. Right. So the fact that not only did Ray Allen get traded with Stephon Marbury, he went ahead and played Stephon Marbury's uh, real life character. Yep. And he's got game. So, and Jesus Shuttlesworth, man, come on, man. Now, that was this awesome uh, name to begin with. I'm going Ray Allen all day, every day. Not, not to take anything away from Devin Booker, but until you can make. And Devin Booker scores 70 in a game. Okay. You know, yep. give him props for that. Okay. But we're talking about Ray Allen who played Jesus Shuzzleworth, two NBA championship rings, 
with the Boston Celtics and then went on to their major rival of that of Miami Heat and yeah. won a championship. Saved the legacies, because one can argue save Dwayne Wade's legacy a little bit there, even though Dwayne Wade doesn't get nearly enough props for that first championship ring when he became the, uh, M, you know, the finals MVP. Ray Allen saved legacies, man. And with that, and he, cha- he, and he saved really the thought of, of merging multiple prolific NBA players to one team. He saved that. So mm-hmm. I'm going Ray Allen all day, every day. You hit on all the points I want to hit on as far as Ray Allen. And I would say this too about Devin Booker. He is still a younger player in the league. And if there's any indication of where Phoenix may be going, based on how they finished in the bubble, he has a bright future. He was one of those players I was hoping either the Lakers or Bucks would take back in that 2015 draft. The Bucks ended up taking Rashad Vaughn in that draft. The Lakers took D'Angelo Russell, which made sense for them at the time. Uh, they needed more of a point guard. Training scenario, I'm going with you and going with Ray Allen, even though you took my he got game argument I was going to bring up. Because <laughs> that movie was was tight with Denzel Washington and everything. Rick Fox was up in there. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's maybe down the line we revisit and take a look at their careers, but Ray Allen has so much on his side from all his accolades, championships, playoffs, memorable moments. He would dunk on somebody in a heartbeat. He was a three-point shooter, but he was so athletic. Oh, man. Ray Allen was the truth, man. I don't think people realize, and I think uh, young kids, they need to go on YouTube and check out the highlights of Ray Allen, man. He was just a smooth player, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can kill you with the mid-range. He can just dunk on you, like Danny said. Three-point pointer yeah. prolific. Yeah, there was no. nowhere on the floor that you would feel safe against Ray Allen. I'm going to agree with you in this trading scenario and go with Ray Allen over Devin Booker's Panini Prism rookie card, even though that is a nice card. I would love that in my portfolio too. In this case, I'm going to go Ray Allen, Topps Chrome rookie card. There you have it. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.